the Prime Minister's Chief of Staff will testify at a parliamentary committee today on foreign election interference. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev took aim at CBC and the Canadian press, as well as the recent wave of violent crime during a campaign stop in Edmonton on Thursday. A former mayor of Vancouver is fighting back against cancel culture's latest attempt to change history. Hello Canada, it's Friday, April 14th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel. And I am Andrew Lawton. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Ahead of Katie Telford's appearance at a parliamentary committee on Friday, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says he has talked to his chief of staff many times about foreign election interference. How many times did uh, Ms. Telford discuss foreign interference with you during the last election? Oh, um, the conversations I have with my chief of staff and with uh, my entire government and with our defense and security experts are ongoing. Uh, we have been talking about foreign interference for years, which is so conversations uh, with my chief of staff, with Katie Telford, on this subject. I have had many of them, many of them, over long periods of times, over many years, because it's an issue that needs to be taken seriously. Last month, the Liberals launched a filibuster in order to keep the Prime Minister's chief of staff from testifying at committee. The motion to summon Telford almost became a confidence motion. However, the Prime Minister ultimately backed down, and Telford eventually agreed to appear before the committee. Telford's appearance comes as the president and the board of the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation resigned, blaming the fallout from donations the organization received, which had ties to the Chinese government. Well, Andrew, this is a moment we have all been waiting for. Of course, there's been a lot of pressure on the government to have Katie Telford testify today. Of course, the question is, will anything useful actually come out of this committee, or do you think that Telford will likely just hide behind cabinet confidence as so often happens at these committee hearings? Well, I think the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink applies here. You can bring a chief of staff to committee, but you can't make her speak. I, I think that obviously her trying to dodge appearing there is noteworthy, but I don't think that that means her presence there will reveal all that much. So what I'm going to be listening for today is not what she says, but what she doesn't say. Which questions does she refuse to answer? Which questions does she obfuscate on? And which questions does she refuse to give a straight answer on? Because I think there's going to be more revealed in what she doesn't say than what she does. I think you make an excellent point, and I'm excited to see your coverage on it, as I know our viewers are as well. Moving into some of the latest drama with the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation, of course, we saw the whole board resigned. It's very interesting. It kind of makes you wonder what more is coming. It seemed like the worst had already happened when we had this news about the donation that it ties to the Chinese government. Maybe you can break it down for our audience. What's exactly the latest update? Has the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation returned the donation at this point? Well, they've tried. I mean, that, this is the confusing thing, but they haven't been able to find the donor, which is a little bit suspicious. And now they're saying they're uh, hiring a, a company to do an outside review of the donation. Uh, so ultimately, it's amazing it's taken this long. Not surprising, but shocking nonetheless, that it's taken this long for them to say, hey, maybe we should have looked into this. And I, I think the big question is, uh, is this organization as arm's length from Justin Trudeau as the Prime Minister's office has historically 
correctly explained because the Trudeau Foundation is not just some private organization that happens to have the same last name as Trudeau. It is a, a group that has received millions and millions of dollars in government funding. It is a group that has been integrally linked to the Trudeau family even since Justin Trudeau has become the prime minister. So I, I don't actually think there is a firewall between those two like some of the liberal spin might suggest. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev has attributed the recent wave of violent crime across this country to Justin Trudeau's, quote, costly coalition with the NDP, unquote, and specifically policies that are allowing repeat violent offenders to get out of jail and terrorize innocent people, to use Polyev's words from a, a public appearance on Thursday afternoon in Edmonton. Polyev says, we've got to replace these crazy catch-and-release crime policies with a common sense criminal justice reform, and he says that is what a Polyev government is going to do. Uh, Polyev also took aim at the media. He was getting a, a question about CBC funding from a Canadian press reporter, and he decided to put that reporter on defense because of the Canadian press's business relationship with CBC. with the Canadian press. Uh, when it comes to defunding the CBC, you signaled the intention to maintain a level of support for Radio Canada and French language programming. To do that, the corporation says the Broadcasting Act would need to be amended. So are you prepared to change the law and create a public broadcaster that only serves one group in Canada? Uh, you, you work for CP? Yes, I do. So y your biggest client is CBC, right? Yes, but my yes, question still that's stands. Right. I just don't want. I just want to be careful that we don't get you into a conflict of interest here. Have you checked with the ethics commissioner on whether you're in a conflict of interest in asking about CBC funding, given that it's the principal source of money for CP? Uh, I would check that with my editors. But again, are okay. you still prepared to change the law and create a public broadcaster that so, only serves one language in Canada? The uh, CBC, uh, frankly, is a biased propaganda arm of the Liberal Party and frankly, negatively affects all, all media. For example, CP is negatively affected by the fact that it, you have to report favorably on the CBC if you want to keep your number one taxpayer-funded client happy. We need a neutral and free media, but not a propaganda arm for the Liberal Party. And when I'm Prime Minister, we're going to have a free press where everyday Canadians decide what they think rather than having liberal propaganda jammed down their throats. Now, Pierre Polyev, since winning the leadership, has been unrepentant on his pledge to defund the CBC. And even when he gets questions from journalists, as you can see, he flips the script on them. Uh, let's talk about the media angle here first, Rachel, because this is a bit of a departure from how conservatives have often tried to navigate hostility from the media. He's just throwing it right back in their faces. Do you think that's going to work? That's a very good question. I think it has been working. I think a lot of conservatives feel that it's refreshing to see a conservative leader who's able to get ahead of the sort of media party or the media narrative, if you will, feel so often conservatives are on the defense or kind of backtracking and often they become very apologetic when something they say becomes controversial, as it so often does because conservative values at large are considered controversial nowadays. And certainly saw that with Andrew Scheer and Aaron O'Toole, they didn't really have the backbone to stand up to the media. So I think conservatives, by and large, are excited to see what Pierre Polyev is doing. They're excited to see how he's able to handle the media, how he's not afraid of them, and so often how he's able to point out the hypocrisy within their own questions. Of course, 
the main question for conservatives when it always comes to election is whether or not that tactic appeals to moderates. So we'll see if this is something that he does consistently or if we see a pivot in his strategy once an election is actually called or once we're closer to one likely to be called. Just on the crime issue, I, I think this is one that has legs, as they say, because it shouldn't be partisan. And I think most Canadians who are liberal, conservative, new Democrats, when they see what's happening in their communities, I think public safety is a, a big thing here. Uh, just to give you, from the last uh, couple of weeks alone, a rundown here. On Tuesday, Calgary police discovered a corpse in a suitcase. In Edmonton, police found a man dead in his apartment who had been shot to death in a homicide. Uh, the same day, a teenage boy was attacked in an Edmonton mall and remains in serious condition. Uh, you go to British Columbia, a 17-year-old died in a attack, violent attack while taking public transit. Uh, two weeks ago, a passenger in another violent attack on a public transit had his throat slashed, which is now being investigated as an ISIS-affiliated attack. And then a 16-year-old was stabbed in an unprovoked attack waiting for the subway in Toronto last month. And this is just like three weeks alone here. So uh, do you think this is an issue that has a political solution at this point even? This is an issue that absolutely has a political solution. Of course, the political will is needed. Some of the crimes you just mentioned are some really horrific incidents that have people very worried. I would argue that public safety is the issue of the day across Canada, up there with inflation, but it's in the top of people's minds right now. Here in Alberta, it is especially prevalent. Obviously, we just listed a number of crimes that occurred within our major cities. I think Pierre Pelea did a really good job of outlining what his government do if elected and the steps he believes needs to be taken to curb crime. Of course, one of them is to end the catch and release system, so to speak, and to implement bail reform so that violent offenders are not getting back out on the streets again and able to commit crimes over and over again. The conservative leader mentioned that over in Vancouver, it was just a number of criminals committing most of the crimes. About 40 people who had been released committed 6,000 crimes last year. So it's just ridiculous that we're allowing these criminals back on the streets to harm regular law-abiding citizens who are just trying to get on with their lives in what's already a very difficult period in Canadian history. Of course, another thing the conservative leader mentioned is that we need to stop handing out free drugs. He would like to see drug reform and to really focus on treatment of addiction rather than safe supply. And I think that would be very helpful for our cities across Canada. The Alberta government is the only province that's taking this issue seriously at the moment and is focusing on treatment. They're spending millions on creating treatment centers, which are called recovery communities. And we're already seeing some of the rates of addictions go down in the province. And I think over the next couple of years, we'll be able to take a good look at Vancouver. We'll be able to take a good look at Calgary and say, okay, these provinces have a two vastly different approaches. Which one is actually working? Former Vancouver mayor and founder of the Global Civic Policy Society, Sam Sullivan, is fighting back against cancel culture's latest attempt to change history. In January, the Vancouver School Board voted to rename the more than 120-year-old Lord Roberts Elementary School. Sullivan has come out against the school board's decision as an attempt to erase history. Lord Roberts Elementary was named after Frederick Roberts, a military general who led Canadian troops in the Boer War. Opponents of the name argued that Lord Roberts participated in establishing concentration camps following the conflict. But according to Sullivan, the historical record does not necessarily support this claim. Sullivan posted a video on YouTube defending Lord Roberts. Here's an excerpt from that video. I am sure people could find something Lord Roberts did that offends our current sensibilities. He was born almost 200 years ago. Do they realize the comfortable, privileged life they live is because of people like Lord Roberts? 
and our veterans. Is the Vancouver School Board practicing presentism, judging people from the past with the values of the present? Andrew, this seems like another situation of people who have far too much time on their hands going back through history and trying to find something that someone famous did, someone who was once well-respected, someone who has a school or a library named after them, and trying to find evidence that at one point in history, they did something that we would today disagree with. And in this case, it doesn't even sound like they have a lot of historical evidence to back up their claims. It's great to see that we have someone like this former mayor standing up against those actions. What's your take on this story? Well, I mean, it matters a great deal to me because I, I'm someone who loves history and loves learning from history. And and when you see the campaigns to remove the names of people like Lord Roberts or others, oftentimes it's based on thin or non-existent evidence. And I, I think the reality is that the people that want to cancel these figures don't actually know history. And, and even if they do know a couple of things that have been plucked out of the record that maybe support things that are less favorable today, they don't understand the balance of it. I mean, uh, if you want to take away the bad of or take away the the good that these people have done uh, but leave the bad of course you're going to be left with an unflattering portrait but humanity is complex civilization is complex people are complex and, and in this case it, what they're accusing him of isn't even something that he's necessarily done i think sort of the strong language here about erasing history and erasing culture is very pertinent because that's actually what we're seeing and we're seeing that all across the board also with the efforts to change language and the words that we're allowed to use there's been such a strong effort to have people think the same, to use the exact same words, and now to condemn historical figures because, yes, as you pointed out, maybe there's a lack of knowledge there about who these historical figures actually were and what they stood for, as well as at times, you know, maybe they did something that today would not be accepted. But that's sort of the point of progression is that things change, people's views change, society keeps progressing forward, although I think there's a strong argument to be made that today we're regressing. But on your point about a lot of times people who are pushing these moments don't actually have an understanding of who they were, how much of that blame would you say falls with the education system on, first of all, their inability to be accurately teaching history or properly teaching it at all, but also in its seemingly inability to have people think critically for themselves nowadays? Well, I think teaching history is one thing, but also just teaching, as you mentioned, critical thinking is the most important part. I mean, I mean, if we really take an approach to the education system that forces this victim mentality and forces intersectionality and things like critical race theory, all of these concepts are the concepts that are really driving this historic revisionism to recast heroes or at the very least important figures as villains. So it isn't just something that you can solve by teaching history because we also have to stop teaching all of these things that are forcing people to vilify uh, figures of history. Well, that's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media. You can do that over at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day. 